Hi folks, welcome to the Arabian Horse Connection, the official podcast of the Arabian Horse Association. Tune in every other week as we discuss industry trends, news, and all things Arabian horses. We are here to honor the versatility, heritage, and future of the Arabian horse, connecting you to this legendary breed. I'm your host, Katie Feitner. Join me as we delve into the world of Arabian horses. AHA convention is one of the best ways to get more involved with the Arabian breed, connecting with people from all over the country that share the same passion for the Arabian horse as you. When you attend an AHA convention, you are able to listen, comment, and provide input on policies that could affect you and the breed association as a whole. Today, AHA president Nancy Harvey and longtime convention participant Penny Wardlaw discuss what is going to be happening at this year's virtual convention and why convention is so important. All information will be available and linked in the show notes, so be sure to check those out at the end of the episode to get more information about virtual convention. All right. Well, thanks, ladies, for uh, joining me this morning to talk about convention. I appreciate it. First of all, can you each just introduce yourselves um, and just give a little bit of background about um, what you both do in the equine industry and your Arabian horse experience? Okay. Um, Basically, grew up in Southern California in Orange Groves, got involved with half Arabs through a friend of mine in Chino in 1968. I joined IAHA in 1969. Um, I've had Arabian horses ever since. Uh, I worked as a stud farm manager for 30 years all over, basically settled in Santa Barbara um, and started doing more of my own showing again. And I'm pseudo semi-retired and working with AHA and enjoying it. And then for those listeners that didn't hear our first episode, Nancy is a repeat guest on our podcast. So for those that didn't listen, Nancy, can you just give a little bit of um, background about yourself and what you do at AHA? Sure. Um, Good morning. My name is Nancy Harvey. I'm president of the Arabian Horse Association. Um, I'm a show manager, show secretary for numerous shows throughout the country. I'm also a licensed judge and steward. I got my start when someone gave me a start in Arabians, when someone gave me a half Arabian horse. And prior to that, I don't an Appaloosa. I grew up in 4-H and showed a lot in 4-H and then I went to Cal Poly Pomona and joined their judging team and that's all she did. I became a licensed official, coach judging team, became the regional director and, and now I'm here. I'm going to host an exciting convention that's virtual. Woohoo! Yes, very. hug. Yeah, no hugging. <laughs> no, we're very excited about virtual convention. So, um, Penny, how long have you been doing, conve- how long have you been coming to AHA conventions and what is your role at AHA convention? Um, I started attending AHA conventions in the 80s. Um, I've only missed one since I think 85, maybe 84. Um, I have been either the member of or the chair of membership, and 
uh, bylaws committee nationally as well as locally and I am currently the chair of agenda and resolutions and I've had the opportunity to work with Nancy and Deb Johnson on this year's virtual convention which we're all really excited about. Um, I have been in a bunch of different capacities with uh, convention region one and region two while i was the director of region two put on the 50th anniversary of our conventions here in california and anaheim uh, i've been a delegate since 1989 i think um, and so just i have been involved in many aspects of both convention and iaha then aha so primarily focused on resolutions and bylaws as they affect our organization. Okay, so in in so many words, can you both give your um, your thoughts on why what convention is and why it's important? Nancy, do you want to lead off on that? Sure. Convention is the the location that we make rule changes and we elect our officers. So it's important that if you are affected by rules, these are not, these are showing rules, um, membership rules, all, all the rules in the handbook with the exception of registration are handled by the convention um, in some way, shape or form, whether it's electing your director, whether it's electing the commission committee and board members, that's the business of and passing the resolutions that are the rules that run the organization. In addition, it's it's a place to to for people that have interests that are similar. So, for example, I'm a I like to carriage drive, and there is a driving and eventing committee, so I attend that. I love to participate with youth programs and youth activities. There's a youth um, committee and a youth board, so those. Committees actually meet at the convention and plan their events, plan what their passion is, and work together for their passions at the convention. So it's where you have your voice. I would agree with Nancy. I think that convention is something that a member should most definitely at least come and visit to see how things, how the process works. Um, I have had people say they don't care about the rules and they don't care, they don't show or they may not compete with their horses. It is a great opportunity to get involved with committees, whether it is just membership and getting people in. We have clubs that come to membership meetings and talk about how to increase their membership. It is where the membership meeting is really important in that it's a great time for club members to network about what works with their club. Uh, it's, in today's world makes it difficult to have a strong active club. And this is an opportunity for members to network throughout convention, not just at the meetings. Um, one of the things that we talk about is the fact that there's an awful lot of work done at coffee breaks. And so we're trying to set up this year's meeting. So there's a lot, this year's annual meeting convention that 
we have lots of opportunities for people who might not otherwise have the time, energy, or money to attend convention. This year is a virtual convention. It's a great opportunity for everybody to audit some of these meetings, to see what happens, to look at how membership affects the organization and vice versa, to learn more about rule process as well as the rules, and to meet some people such as Nancy, our president, Stan Mori, um, and some other people that to many are just names, um, staff members. So convention is a terrific opportunity, even for those people who don't want to make a day-to-day or even week-to-week obligation to the organization. They still have an opportunity to get together with a bunch of like-minded individuals, and they may find that down the road, whether it's a year or the end of convention, that they are more involved, that they do see that they do have a voice in this organization. We are a member-driven organization, and we have members that feel disenfranchised. This is a great opportunity to find out that you're not. It's just learning who you have to be. And uh, I think that Nancy and our staff has made it a great opportunity. I'd like to see this group go forward. And I think this is going to be a step in the right direction. A virtual convention will be important. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think that convention is such a great place to not only network, but like you said, Penny, to meet those people that you don't necessarily, you know, have have met before, like um, staff and, you know, other folks that you might receive emails from all the time that you might not um, have been able to meet face to face. I think it's a great spot to do that. So, um, kind of piggybacking off of what uh, you mentioned about virtual convention. Um, can you explain a little bit about little bit about how convention is going to be different this year as compared to um, previous years and just provide a few updates for those that might not know? Um, this year we are obviously moving to a virtual format because because that's why we're here talking um, is to explain <laughs> how it will work. We are going to be utilizing a company by the name of Grit Productions for portions of our convention. And then other portions of our convention will be utilizing Zoom, which everyone seems it's the famous <laughs> um, software that most everyone is using to talk to everyone. Um, Grit will be used to host our awards evening on Friday the 20th and our actual business portion of the convention on the 21st. The platform has been used successfully to host many conventions and events this year. Um, We are only allowing registered and credentialed delegates to vote and they will be using a program called vVoter, which will They'll, they'll be getting a, a login to vVoter and a login to GRIT. GRIT, the login you get when you sign up for convention, either as a delegate or a guest, you get the li- login to GRIT. Well, that allows you to come to the meetings and, and watch. If you are a delegate, you get also vVoter. And vVoter will allow you to vote on the resolutions, vote on the officers, vote on um, commissions, committees, and boards. And the 
cool thing about V Voter is that it's pretty much immediate. Um, we've had to do some pausing because historically our, our voting has been using paper ballots and using this technology will allow us to vote and immediately know what, where's, how um, committees are populated or the officers. So it's going to take the time frame way down to um, for turnaround time. We also will be going virtual for our committee meetings. And by going virtual, this will allow us to, allowed us to change the schedule. So we are actually um, day-wise extending the convention, but time-wise not. So for example, our plenary session will be held via Zoom and the plenary session is a is if you ever go to those voting um, town halls where they go over the the resolutions or, the, or what you're voting on in the national elections, um, this is similar to that. The resolutions will be discussed. The proponent for the resolutions will be in in attendance at the plenary session. And they will be able to answer questions. And if someone has a change or a recommendation, they do it earlier. So the plenary session is normally on Wednesday of convention. We have moved it forward a week so that there's more time just to, if changes are needed for resolutions, they can be done between the 11th and the um, 21st. So the plenary session is on November 11th via Zoom. Then our committees, we have extended those as well. One of the biggest feedbacks we get at convention is that I want, I need to go to lots of committee meetings or I want to go to lots of committee meetings and they're all at the same time because we generally have about five going at the exact same time because they run over two days. We've extended this to four days and two going at a time. So there's only two committee meetings going at the same at the same time. They will start at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Katie, but I believe 10 o'clock in the morning mountain time to 4 p.m. in the afternoon mountain time to it to going at the same time. They will be running Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. We hope that this will enable people that are attending convention to attend more committee meetings and get more involved and be able to, to pursue their passion more successfully. In addition, we're taking the closed meetings, which committees have, and putting that the week before. So committees can do whatever business that they need to do with just the committee the week before and, and provide an open forum during the week of convention. In addition, the committees review resolutions as well, and that is done between the 16th and the 19th. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, that's perfect. Um, I think that this year it's gonna be, um, well, one, with all the craziness that's happened this year, doing it virtually I think is awesome. And then two, I think it's gonna really open convention up to be a little more accessible to those that maybe not have not been able to travel in the past. So I'm really excited about virtual convention. Me too. Katie, I am too. One of the things that Nancy touched on <clears throat> was plenary and resolutions. And those basically resolutions are how the members can affect 
the rules and regulations, the bylaws of how AHA works. And it is a great opportunity virtually. Um, we've always encouraged our members to go onto the website to look at the resolutions and to download the resolutions. Um, and this, this year is a great opportunity because everybody, not just the people that showed up at convention, get to go to plenary. And basically, uh, that will be probably Nancy, myself, uh, Deb Johnson, and Leslie Lockard will be there. And it's when the proponents or the people that wrote the resolutions have an opportunity to stand up and face the membership and say, I wrote this resolution because. And so when you read a resolution, oftentimes you think, why would they do that? Why do they think that's an important or what makes them think this needs to change? And this is the opportunity that a member has to go to the person that wrote the resolution and say, so what gives? And they have the opportunity, the proponent of the resolution or the person that submitted it and is the contact person says, we wrote this or I wrote this for the following reasons. Those are usually the same reasons that you read in the whereas's. So if you break down a resolution and realize that the whereas's say we wrote this resolution because of these reasons and our end result will be the resolved of those. And so if you know what you're reading when you read a resolution, at first it seems a little bit legal easy, but there are forms and formats that we have to follow that are set up in Robert's Rules of Order. There are people, Leslie Lockard, myself, Charles Bass, uh, Karen Homer-Brown, that are here to help if you decide you have a question about one, um, how to write one. If you have a question about the resolution itself, you can contact the contact person. Uh, all of this is outlined in the handbook. Um, definitely, if you are a first-timer, go online or pick up your handbook if you have a hard copy and read chapters 8, 9, and 10. They will give you basically how stuff works. So when you get to plenary or you have the opportunity to talk to a proponent. You can talk to them about what's going on. If you are considering writing a resolution, and we encourage that, agenda and resolutions, I happen to chair that committee, we encourage people to stretch your wings, to stop and think what might make the organization, the show ring, the competitive trail ride, um, or just some of the non-super competitive events that we do more enjoyable or uh, a better experience. And so the opportunity to do plenary online is terrific. Every, you don't have to say anything. It is just an opportunity for you to listen to the person that wrote that resolution explain to you why they wrote it. And if you have a question about it, well, what about this? Or why did you think that? Or we don't have that problem. How do you suggest, will this fix that problem? This is an opportunity for everybody to go in, look at these, find out what's going on. Um, and Nancy, I'm going to jump into the uh, consent agenda. One of the things that we are doing this year is different. Usually when you're on the floor in the meeting, uh, in general session, <clears throat> we go through the resolutions. They are read to the group. 
Um, and everybody can take a mic and discuss it. That is not going to happen this year. I strongly suggest everybody go online, go through those resolutions. Some of them will be amended, which means the proponent has agreed to make a change that someone brought forward and they felt was indicative of the success of that resolution. So keep checking back, making sure the resolution copy that you are working from is the most current. We are doing a consent agenda, which the resolutions will be included in. And basically, if you go through and read the resolutions, the resolutions this year are very straightforward. Um, and by the time the committees, we assign different committees, we being agenda and resolutions and staff, assign different committees to review different resolutions that affect the group that the committee represents. And so when you go to a committee meeting, say you go to professional or amateur horsemen and they have resolutions that gives that group that is most affected by the action of that resolution the opportunity to, as a group, look at it and discuss how it affects them. At the end of the meeting, the members of that committee have the opportunity to say, yes, we like this, we endorse this, we'd like to see this go forward. Yes, we like this, we'd like to tweak it with the following amendments, or no, this is a bad idea. Those votes that are tallied at the committee meetings will be posted to the resolutions that are affected by their vote. What we have found, and rightly so, is that the committees, and there's usually three to five of them that have been asked to review and, and give us input on those, either decide to pass or fail. Because those people are the ones that are basically the most affected by it, it is pretty much that the floor has decided to allow the people that are usually the ones most affected, whether it's the board of directors, whether it's a bylaw, whether it's a show ring rule, to say yay or nay. Um, if you go through, you have the opportunity to go so many committee meetings this year, it's just incredibly good. The, these resolutions are now on the consent agenda. And if the committees have all said, yeah, we think they're good, and you will know that before we hit general session, you can go through and say, everybody that is affected by this liked this resolution, or nobody who went on this liked this resolution. If everybody liked it, it's now on the consent agenda. And so instead of voting on these one by one and listening to it and taking the time that we do in general session, we are putting them on what we're calling the consent agenda. And when you vote the consent agenda in, when the delegates say, yes, we accept the consent agenda, everything on that consent agenda passes and goes forward. This year, that includes the resolutions. Now, let's say that somebody says, oh, well, wait, that committee didn't like it, and I don't like it. I want to talk about it more. Anybody has the opportunity when that a consent agenda is brought up in general session to say, I would like to pull resolution whatever off the consent agenda. 
that means that it didn't automatically pass. It will be discussed on the floor. And so we can still go forward with the majority of the resolutions, hopefully, will pass. They're sound. They should pass. And, and it will save us hours and hours of discussion. It's unique to this convention in that you can attend. Anyone can attend these meetings. So you can see the process by which that committee decided to approve or disapprove a resolution. You have the opportunity to vote on the consent agenda, yes. And if you decide no or somebody decides no and you figure, I really don't want to see this thing pulled or I really do want to hear this uh, discussion on the floor, then you can pull it off. But by and large, I think when people go through these resolutions that have been submitted this year, you will find that most of them are pretty sound and that a couple of them probably won't pass and, and may be pulled off. So be aware that plenary this year and committee meetings this year are more important than ever because that is where you are going to learn about those resolutions. 20 years ago, you learned about them on the floor when somebody took a mic. That that process, like so many other processes, have been streamlined by our ability. And this year, especially with the Zoom meeting going on and the committee meetings via Zoom, and then the, the opportunity to do the general session, really give every member the opportunity to look at and, and really deal with hearing what the committees have to say and making a very, very educated vote. And I think that is just incredible. So I can't encourage the members enough. Go to those meetings. Listen to what those people say. Um, don't hesitate to contact another member. And if somebody you disagree with, send them an email. Let them know. Ask them their reasoning. This is all the things that should be happening on a regular basis. But I think just the involvement factor that there are a lot of people that this will be an easier format than taking a week off and flying to Tulsa or wherever. Um, it's a great opportunity. So I'm really hoping that the members rally and gather around and, and look at what we're doing and realizing this is their organization and this is a marvelous opportunity to make themselves heard and, and become involved in our future. 100%. And um what you were saying earlier about the plenary session, the ability for to have kind of a Q&A and actually discuss um, that person's intent behind writing their resolution. That is really cool and a very unique opportunity, um, like you were saying. So um, this is definitely something that folks should take advantage of. And um, I'll provide all the links to everything about resolutions, where you can read them, all of that in our show notes. So there'll be access to that. And then my next question is um, a little more basic. So going back to um, just convention in and of itself, how can someone decide, how does, how does someone, one, either become a delegate and two, can anyone attend convention? Is it open to all of our membership or do you have to be a selected delegate to go? So I can take that. Um, each club is allowed a delegate per 35 people. And the, the format is to have local and regional representation by those delegates. So your club elects your delegate. 
for delegates and those delegates go to the regional meetings and get involved at the regional level and the club level and then those are the delegates that go represent their club at the national level um i have been a delegate for my club since 1980 and <laughs> sorry yeah sorry um a cat hair cat hair um <laughs> so it, it's and it we bring forward things that uh, I, we are a half arabian club and so we in the older days we would bring forward resolutions or or things that were very half arabian oriented because that was our focus there was there is a purebred club in the same area that we live and then there are as it as life has gone um, more clubs with more specific interests and locations have have popped up um, but we are one of the two one of the older clubs in our area in region one um, so you you become a delegate for your club then you go that gets you to go to regional meetings and participate regionally and that gets you to be a voting delegate at convention so those are the if you physically have ever been to a convention there is there are seating of delegates in the front of the room and a kind of a blocked off area that they a guest can't go past so you're if you're credentialed and a delegate you sit in the delegate area guests are always welcome at convention and I know people that have been going to convention for 25 or 30 years and have never been a delegate um, and their voice is heard because they spend a lot of time in committee meetings and they actually aren't seated on the floor so they can walk around and talk to people. Um, they they like not being a delegate necessarily because they, they want to participate but they don't necessarily want to be a voting member. So delegates can vote members can be guests and if you're not a member but you would like to participate in convention we are offering a free membership um, with convention registration for non-members so delegates registration you must be a member and you must be a, a representative of your club which the president and I believe the secretary submit that to AHA any time before the middle of November. So it goes pretty long. Um, and then you sign up as a delegate, you're credentialed or verified. If you're not a, a delegate, you sign up as a um, guest. And if you're not a member, it will, it, when you go to sign up, it will, give you the option to join and then sign up so i think non-member fee is 85 and member fee is 35 for guests and don't quote me on those numbers because i could be wrong i can confirm those as well in the show notes um we'll put the exact pricing katie. as well mm -hmm. katie just a quick note to expand on what nancy said um, when you start a club, and we always have a few new clubs starting up, you have one delegate for the first 15. We have changed some of the aspects of maintaining a club. It used to be you had to have the X amount of members, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you're an established club and you have over 10 members, you may have one delegate. If you drop below 10 members, you're still a club, but you are not allowed a voting delegate on the floor. And so 
the the club, like Nancy said, you will generally elect your delegate from your membership. That information goes on that person then is credentialed in. But as Nancy was saying, we've had a lot of people. We had a very active member in Region 2, a lady by the name of Sheila Varian. And Sheila would attend a lot of conventions. She would speak to people about resolutions that affected her. She would go onto the floor and talk about resolutions that she felt were worthy or needed to be defeated. Sheila was never a delegate, but she was very, most people know who she is, she was very active in this. So there are a lot of people out there that are welcome to come forward without being a delegate and and speak to these things. Plenary is perfect example of that as well as being able to this year maybe pull something off for for uh, different reasons to discuss. Plus the fact if you have 36 members, you get another delegate. You get one delegate for every 35 members in your organization. So if you have 350 members or 360 members, you have a very loud voice. Because if you can get your 10 delegates to say, we all feel this way, that's a chunk of votes. So it's important that the clubs recognize and become participants in this. Nothing, staff is so aware of this. Nancy's so aware of this. I manage a regional championship. I hear it. When people come up and say, well, why do we do it that way? Or why aren't we doing this? Or we need to do this. This is your opportunity to get in there in a meeting and Put your hand up and say, I have a question. Why don't we do this way? Um, it may plant a seed. If nothing else, it may give you the opportunity to go forward with like-minded individuals. So it's it's really important. Convention is really important. And I don't think a lot of our newer members, and by newer members, I mean last 20 years, um, aren't aware of, you know, they say, well, you say we have a voice, but we don't. Yes, you do. You just have to participate. Right. I, it's, and I think it's so important. I mean, this is the, this is the platform for our members to speak and say what's on their mind and say what they'd like to change, what they'd like to stay the same, give their opinion freely. Um, convention is so important. I, I'm a huge proponent of it, obviously. And I think that this is this virtual format, especially, like I said earlier, is going to be great and open so many doors for people um, that, have not been able to travel, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Penny. It's, um, this is the, this is the chance for sure. Um, so my next question for you, for you guys, um, has to do with committees. So I know that we've talked about committees a little bit, um, previously. So I wanted to kind of get more of a gist of what committees actually do, how you can sign up for a committee and why they're so important. So um, committees actually do the work of the association. We are so volunteer driven and it, and it's great because um, we have, I made lifelong friends volunteering on committees and working to, to make things better for our Arabian horse and what commit. So I'll give you one example because it's one close to my heart. Um, the youth committee actually does youth activities at the youth national show. They are responsible for choosing the youth of the year. 
they're responsible for helping and guiding the youth association um, directors. It's a, it's one of many very active and very um, vital committees. We have um, committees that are elected by the delegates. So I'll give another example, judges and stewards selection committee. That is an elected group. Um, I'll back up and compare. The youth committee, you can sign up. And I'll go through how you sign up. The judges and stewards selection committee is a, a position that someone would run for. And they select all of the judges and stewards for our national events. Um, and they meet, I think, they meet in person once a year and then are constantly working to, to improve what our selection criteria are. And, and they're made up of, of people who have run for the position but have outside skills so that when they're choosing judges and stewards for um, shows like Sport Horse, they know the skills and abilities of the judges that are not necessarily Arabian judges. So there's general committees like youth committee that are hardworking and judges and stewards committee that is also hardworking, but needs more specific skills and are, is elected. So a general committee, once you um, are a member of in any way, shape or form of the Arabian horse association on your homepage, there is a um, selection, a place on the, the homepage on your your account page that says where do I want to go or what do I want to do and what you want to do is sign up for a committee and it's that easy you just select the committees that are of interest to you and the committees that you would run for um, to to be on like the judges selection are not on that list so these are the list that's on your account page are all the committees that you can sign up for and we we call them tier B committees um, because anyone can be on them. The other committees or commissions are either appointed by the president or they are elected. And they're elected by having your regional director nominate you to run for one of those committees. So where I would start if I wanted to get involved is join. Number one, join. Once you log in and get to your page, go join committees that are of interest to you. Now, there are two caveats. We want you to be able to participate in the committees because we don't, we don't want the committee so large with people that just don't want to participate. So we want people to follow their passion and participate in what their passion is. So um, don't be like me. Don't sign up for every committee. Um, sign up for the ones that you really enjoy and you really will be able to learn from and give to. We also have a, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well, but we have a committee sign up for a committee tutorial um, short video as well. So that's a, that's a great resource. Um, I know we do. You did it. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, 
So as we kind of move into our closing thoughts about convention, I wanted to just open it up to both of you to provide um, any topics that or or thoughts that we didn't get to cover um, throughout the length of this this podcast. Well, I'll go quick and then Penny. Um, so we are the group that successfully put on the Midsummer um, Horse Show with 1,200 horses in one place at one time, one of the first um, round um, group shows. We are having a huge U.S. Nationals um, under COVID. We are also the crowd that had the, the convention, business of the convention done in an hour and a half during the fire. So if any group can be the first group to go virtual, it's got to be the Arabian Horse Association. I, I think we are the most prepared to be flexible of any group. I, I'll tell you my fellow presidents that are having conventions after us are, are – just very happy that ours is first because they're going to learn from us and they may even use some of our um, software. Um, so I'm very proud that we're going to be the first. And because I never can get off of a podcast nor a town hall without saying, don't forget we have an app and go check the app for convention because the app will be very useful for convention and for this podcast because the podcasts are contained on the app as well. I think you've covered it pretty well. I think that we are extremely lucky to have the flexibility and liquidity in thought that we have from our executive committee and from our board of directors. Our membership has uh, the demographics of our membership have changed enough that that we do have a strong younger group and younger group being under 50 if you will and they are excited about this they have the knowledge some of us our older group I would be one of those um, are playing catch-up but it does not in any way deter the fact that this is brilliant uh, Deb Johnson who is uh, had a lot of input on this, had a virtual convention that she was extremely active in earlier in this year with her sorority. It was huge, probably will be bigger than what we're doing. And having gone through that and having had a very successful virtual convention, we're lucky in that we have somebody with, with hands-on experience that that has been a, of a great benefit to us. Like Nancy said, it's it's kind of fun to be the cutting edge and the leader in this. Um, the Midsummer show was amazing. Our nationals are amazing. Uh, our exhibitors and Nancy and Stan Morey have been just blindingly brilliant on these things. And I do believe we have the opportunity with this convention to sort of kickstart again AHA and get people involved again. It's been a tough year. And 
everybody has been very negatively affected by this. And this could be a very, very positive spot along with Midsummer, along with U.S. Nationals to actually show everybody that, hey, the leadership of these people, of our members, of our board and REC and our staff is stellar. And, and we should be very proud of that and we should participate in it and make it better. This is a step, a huge step in the right direction, as well as perhaps defining aspects of our future that will make us more flexible, that will allow us the opportunity to communicate as an entity with each other and be stronger and go forward for our horses and for our membership. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited about the future of AHA and, um, you know, how we're going to move forward and be present and be the cutting edge, um, one of the cutting edge breed associations. I'm really excited. So thank you both. Um, those were some great closing thoughts. Um, and thank you so much for um, both for being on the podcast today and providing some more explanation about um, what convention is all about. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Katie, for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arabian Horse Connection, the official podcast of the Arabian Horse Association, where we showcase the diversity of the Arabian horse community from industry titans, backyard heroes, and amateur contenders. Do you think you might have content for the Arabian Horse Connection podcast? We would love to hear from you. Please send your suggestions to marketing at arabianhorses.org. We'll see you next time, folks.